contend with that a little bit later on and just place them over to the side or in the seats up there and just come back and hang them up after service and grab a Bible. I do feel like the Lord has laid something on my heart for this service tonight. God wants to help somebody in this house. I said God really does want to help somebody in this house. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I want God to touch some people's lives. Amen. Let's keep our focus. Let's don't lose. Let's don't lose what's what's happening. Amen. Sometimes when there's a shift or transfer in the service like this, we can lose so much. We, we can uh, drop down a few rungs on the ladder if we're not careful. I don't think that that would be the will of God for this evening. If you have your Bibles, 2 Samuel chapter number 5, and then 2 Samuel chapter number 23, 2 Samuel chapter number 5, and I will begin reading with verse 17. Everybody say, praise the Lord. Amen. Say it like you mean it and so hell can hear it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 2 Samuel chapter 5 and verse 17. We're all warmed up here tonight. Let's just go a little higher in God. What do you say? But when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines came up to seek David. They unified their efforts. Everybody came to seek him. It was like the devil's attempt to destroy him. And David heard of it and went down to the hold. And the Philistines also came and spread themselves in the valley of Rephraim. And David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up to the Philistines? Wilt thou deliver them unto mine hand? And the Lord said unto him, or said unto David, Go up. Everybody say, Go up. I think we need to go up tonight a little bit. For I will doubtless, everybody say doubtless, doubtless deliver the Philistines into thine hand. And David came to Belperism, and David smote them there and said, The Lord hath broken forth upon mine enemies before me. As the breach of waters, therefore he called the name of that place Belperism. And there they left their images, and David and his men burnt them, and the Philistines came up yet again and spread themselves in the valley of Raphim. And when David inquired of the Lord, he said, Thou shalt not go up, but fetch a compass about the, uh, behind them and come, up, come upon them over against the mulberry trees, and let it be when thou hearest the sound of a going and the tops of the mount mulberry trees, then thou shalt bestir thyself, for then shall the Lord go out before thee to smite the host of the Philistines. And David did so as the Lord had commanded him, and smote the Philistines from Gibba until thou come to Gezer. Let's go to one more passage of Scripture, the 23rd chapter. 23rd chapter. Second Samuel, Second Samuel twenty-three, and verse fourteen. And David was then in a hold, and the garrison of the Philistines was then in Bethlehem. And David longed and said, "Oh, that one would give me drink of the water of the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate." 
And the three mighty men break through the host of the Philistines and drew water out of the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate and took it and brought it to David. I, I want to preach an unusual thought here tonight. Simply want to entitle this, Here Come the Philistines. Here Come the Philistines. Let's pray that the Lord would continue His work in this service tonight. We know that He's already working. We just want to continue on in the flow of what the Spirit is already directing us to do. Jesus, we do need you in the continuation of this service. We pray, God, for your will to be completely done. We're asking you, God, to bring this to full fruition tonight. I pray, God, that you would culminate everything that you've already started in this service. I pray, God, that we could be helped, strengthened, and encouraged through your word. In Jesus' name, and everybody say, in Jesus' name, would you lift up your voice to that name and give him praise? Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. I can believe and imagine that David's experiences with the Philistines probably began for him at a very young age, probably sitting around the campfires of Israel with the older men and hearing them that had maybe been war veterans exchanging war stories of what had happened in the past and their past battles and experiences as God's people, how that God had delivered them from their enemies, how that God had been with his people and continually given them the victory. Every conquest, God had helped them to be conquerors. And time over again, they were able, they were able to vanquish their enemies that rose up against the people of God. And then in their conversations, invariably, it would take a turn and they would probably begin to talk about their arch rival, Israel's perennial enemy, the Philistines. And because David had a couple of older brothers himself that were enlisted in the army, Israel's army, surely uh, they would have a few war stories of their encounters themselves that they would share with David. So no doubt very early on in his life and at a very early age, David grows to hear about the battles, the war, the skirmishes that has taken place between God's people, Israel, and the Philistines. And then later in life, he has his own personal encounter with this enemy, the Philistines. After several years of hearing the stories, several years about hearing how that God's people had fought against them and conquered them and had not lost a battle against them, finally, David goes out to the battlefield one day as a messenger, really, for his father to share uh, a report back to him about his brothers and how they're faring in the battle and to give them a few supplies from home, maybe some things that they particularly want or that they are fond of that they cannot get out on the battlefield from the house. And so David brings these things out uh, to where his brothers are and he hears the giant Goliath, his booming voice 
echoing out of the valley as he is challenging God's people. He is defying the armies, the scripture says, of the living God. And the conditions of this challenge are very clear. There's no use in sending an entire army down into the valley to engage in warfare against our army. If you'll just choose among you a champion, if you'll just get your best soldier and send him out into this valley to fight against me who is a champion of the Philistines, then whoever wins this skirmish, whoever overcomes and whoever is victorious, then the victor will be able to rule over the vanquished. And that person that loses will be a servant. His people will to the others. And that's the way we're going to settle this battle. So David, full of faith, he thinks uh, that that sounds simple enough. At last, we've got a chance to put this long ensuing war that has occurred between God's people and the Philistines, we can put it to rest. I mean, I've heard stories for years since my childhood how that time and time again God's people have engaged this particular enemy, the Philistines, and have fought them over the years. And we've been fighting the Philistines ever since I can remember. So what's new about this? Uh, this will settle everything. We'll, we'll go out and we'll fight against this giant. Uh, and uh, God, as he always has, will give us the victory. This tells us a little about the courage and the faith that rested in David's heart. He said, if we win, then, then they'll be our servants forever. And never will they ever be a real threat to us again. So after the convincing of King Saul, and you know the story of how he gave his testimony to him, we preached a little bit about that last week, he finally is allowed to go out onto the battlefield. And it takes that proven weapon, uh, that slingshot that had brought the victory in the past, and he places a smooth stone within it, and he swings it and releases that stone. And of course, by the guidance of the Lord, it finds its way into the forehead of the giant. And he is knocked unconscious and falls to the ground. But David, unlike some of us, doesn't stop there. He walks to where that giant is. He pulls that giant's large sword out of its sheath. And he lobs his head off and takes the head of that giant into the city and claims victory for all of Israel. I want to stop right here and say it's not enough just to get a temporal victory when you come to church. It's not enough just to knock things down in your life. But you need to annihilate it. You need to cut its head off. You need to get victory over it. Can you say praise the Lord? There's some enemies, not all enemies, but there are some enemies that God gives us a specific moment and time to deal with that and to get over that and to overcome that and we need to take advantage of those moments and this could be one of those moments for somebody in this house tonight this should have been the end of the story and I, I know that David thought this will, would, will put the Philistines to rest they'll never rise up against us again they'll never be a real threat to us again 
as far as the Philistines are concerned, they should never be a problem for us in Israel ever again. But guess what? The enemy didn't keep his word. And the enemy never keeps his word. He didn't stay subservient to the Israelites. They did not quit. They did not stop. They did not leave Israel alone. But they continued to fight. The Philistines came up. They rose up against them again. And over and over throughout the word of God, as you read the stories of the Old Testament, you will find that the Philistines, it says this over and over, that they came again against Israel. They engaged again in a battle. They threatened uh, the forces of Israel again. They set themselves away against Israel, and it's repeated over and over again. So David, as he grows up throughout his adult life, he grows up fighting Philistines. This is just an enemy that seemingly never goes away. It's not just one battle. It's not just two battles or three battles. But even before he becomes king, they will sing of him in the streets of Israel. The women will lift up their voice and sing that David had killed his tens of thousands. Now I realize that this was a song that they were singing. It may have not been meant literally, but safe to say that David had killed his lion's share of the Philistines. It's safe to say that he had been victorious up until this point against the Philistines. I think it's safe to say that every time he came against them, he was able to take them out. He was able to conquer. Now, of course, this was not the only enemy that David had to fight throughout his lifetime. There were Amalekites, there were Hevites, there were Jebusites in the land. There were Amorites. There were all kinds of enemies. There were Syrians. There were also Moabites. There were Canaanites that David would have to go out and do battle against. And there were enemies that like the Jebusites that David would go out and he would do battle against them that nobody else had been able to conquer. Nobody else had been able to thoroughly defeat them. Nobody else had been able to obliterate them. But David would go out and it seemed like in one foul swoop because of the anointing of God that was upon him, he would defeat that enemy and you would never hear of that particular enemy ever again rising up against David or the people of Israel. He would obliterate the Amalekites. They were nowhere to be found. They were not around any longer. The Moabites, he, he had virtually vanquished them to the point that they were gone because David had to one battle, one encounter, one war, one skirmish, and they're gone forever. One, one time of walking out on the battlefield and engaging the Amalekites, and they're never written about again. One time of going out against the Moabites, and they're never mentioned again. One time against other enemies, and it seems like he was able to conquer them to the place that he never had to do battle against, against them again. But there's another enemy that David fights called the Philistines. 
And it seems that he cannot defeat them just in one battle. Oh, he would like to because he has defeated so many others in just one skirmish. Just one time on the battlefield, he's able to conquer. He's able to overcome. But the Philistines, he can't seem to overcome them in just one battle. In fact, he fights them many times and it does not obliterate them. He does not annihilate them. But they regroup and they restructure and they gather their troops together and sometimes within the matter of 24 hours they're back again fighting against him once more. In the time that he was king of Israel alone, just in that period of time, there are 10 major wars with the Philistines that David led the people of Israel against this perennial enemy. And then there are a host of other battles and smaller skirmishes that are written about. But ten major wars. The Bible describes it like this in one place. It came to pass that David smote the Philistines and subdued them and took Gath and her town out of the hands of the Philistines. And then you read on down just past that a little ways and it says this, and there was war again with the Philistines. And then the very next verse it says, and there was war again with the Philistines. It says such things as again they came up and again they came up till the Bible finally it seems almost in despair makes this remark and they came up yet again you find David going to fight this same enemy over and over and over and you find him going out to fight them on the very same battlefield over and over and over and you find David fighting over the very same thing over and over and over again now you talk about a test for a man's faith here is a guy that God has obviously anointed. He has been chosen by God to be king over all of Israel. He can conquer the Syrians. He can conquer the Amalekites. He can easily conquer the Chepiosites in the land. And they never come back to threaten him again. They never come back to offer any kind of of battle or warfare against him anymore. He can go out and defeat Moab and the Hevites and totally annihilate them. He can fight against some enemies and totally wipe them into oblivion. But then he goes out to fight against this one enemy. Come on, I feel like I got a word from God tonight. He goes out to fight against this one particular enemy, the Philistines. And every time he defeats them, every time he knocks them down, every time he backs them off, every time he conquers them, every time he runs them out of the city, every time they tuck tail and run off of the battlefield, every time they hoist a white flag and said, we're done, you win, you're victorious. They somehow get back up. They somehow make their way back up against him. He takes Gad 
and he takes the towns thereof. He beats them back and they run and they go off into their own perspective places and they hide in caves. But suddenly they regroup and they get the armies back together again. And it's not very long after he gets back home and David pulls off his armor and he takes his sword and hangs it up and uh, maybe sits down in the recliner and kicks up his feet on the ottoman and he's going to rest and take a breather and drink some sweet tea. Uh, the messenger comes knocking on the door. He said, David, oh king, I know we just got off the battlefield. I know we just won a victory over the Philistines. I know we just overcame the enemy. But I gotta tell you, they're back down in Gibeah again. What you gonna do? And David said, I don't know anything else to do but just to get my sword strapped back on, put my armor suited back on, and go back out to the battlefield. That's what I'm gonna do. And he goes out and he fights that enemy that keeps getting back up, and he beats it down again. And he gets victory over it again. And he breaks through its forces one more time. And he sends him packing one more time. And he overcomes him one more time. And he walks away a conqueror one more time. And he takes Gibeah. And he goes back home. Takes his sword, puts it on the shelf. Takes off his armor and says, I can finally relax. And he sits down to only hear the knocking on the door again. David, I know we just uh, we just overcame the city of Gibeah, but I, I got to tell you, I got to tell you the back. Oh, they're down there in Gath again. They've set themselves in array against the people of God. What's we going to do? How are we going to respond? He said, we only got one choice. Saddle up the horses, men. Get the chariots hooked on. Amen. Go get your implements of warfare. Go get the spears and the swords. Amen. Strap them on. Get suited up in your armor. We're going back to battle. That's what we're going to do. We're going to fight this enemy one more time. That's what we're going to do. And it goes back on the battlefield. And yes, he may be weary. Yes, he may be tired. Yes, he wants to relax. He wants to back up and take it easy. But the enemy's out there. And he said, I'm going to go out and challenge the enemy one more time. And he comes back home. And the battle gap. Uh, he's a conqueror. Amen. But, but when he gets back home, the messenger comes again, knocking on the door. Said, it's the same old deal, David. I don't know what the, what the deal is with these folks. Seem like they never quit. They never give up. Come on, if you're waiting on the devil to take a vacation, if you're waiting on the devil to ever leave you alone, if you're waiting on the devil to say, I give up, you got another thought coming. It's not going to happen like that. It's never ending ordeal. He's got to go back to Gath. He's got to go back to Gibeah. Amen. He finds himself on the battlefield again. You find David fighting that enemy in the same place, fighting over the same thing over and over and over again. Now, now I don't have to say much, but you can imagine what that would do to a man's faith. 
Come on, I'm a child of God. I'm chosen by God. I'm the king of all of Israel. I got a position. I got a title. Why is this happening to me? I'm anointed by God. I've been used by God. I brought down giants. I brought down lions and bears. Why? Amen. I've overcome this enemy and they never rose up again. I've wrestled down this other one over here and they've never been a threat to me again. I've so defeated other enemies in my life that they never were a threat to my kingdom. I went out on the battlefield and so annihilated some enemies that they never rose their ugly head up again against me. I've conquered some things to never have to deal with it again. But there's one enemy that keeps coming back against me. I'm preaching to some folks here tonight. You can certainly identify with what I'm preaching. You defeated some Jebusites in your life. Amen. You're not tempted by the things that maybe once tempted you. You wrestled that down in an altar a long time ago. You prayed through over it a long time ago. Amen. You defeated that spirit a long time ago. Those urges, those tendencies, uh, those situations, uh, those things that used to keep you captive. Uh, oh, yeah, you broke through the enemy. Uh, amen. You was able to conquer. You was able to bring victory. You was able to overcome. You was able to annihilate and obliterate that thing from your life. Amen. You, you've, you've overtaken some Amalekites. Yeah, there's some Moabites and some Syrians in your wake. Amen. And there's some things, there's some things that you so took care of that it's never even been a problem. Since the day you got the Holy Ghost and was water baptized in Jesus' name, you've never had to deal with that again. Amen. It's never been a threat to you anymore in your life. It's never been a situation that's ever arose again. But yet there's other things for whatever reason. Amen. You pray it through on Sunday night. Amen. You come down to an altar and you break through to victory and you feel like I'm finally, I finally got free of that. I've overcame that. I won't have to deal with that anymore. That discouragement's a thing of the past. Amen. That depression that's a thats a thing of the past. Amen. That, that temptation that I've dealt with, that's a thing of the past. Amen. I can go on. I can go on to new battles and new enemies and I can go on to new conquests. But when next week rolls around, it seems like here you are again. It seems like I've got to pray through once more. It seems like I need to get the victory over it again. familiar spirit comes back that old familiar feeling arises again and there's the dread of having to fight and defeat and to back that thing down that refuses to die it refuses to quit it refuses to stop hounding you you pray about it and God gives you the victory you feel better about it but lo and behold amen just a few days later a month later whatever it may be it comes back again and it wears on you and it tests your faith and it dogs you amen and it it's, it's a constant threat in your life it seems like it won't go away you, you'd like to go on to new enemies and new conquests you could deal with that but why the same old thing if it was just a new problem I could deal with it 
I just feel like I'm in a holding pattern, Pastor. And I, I just feel like I just have to keep on butting my head up against this thing. I feel like I get so far and I can't get any further. I feel like I'm always dealing with this same old issue in my life. I can't seem to break through. I can't seem to get total victory. You go back to the altar. Amen. You get down and you pray until joy comes and you feel peace about it. And there's a confirmation in the Holy Ghost that everything's going to be all right. And you break through one more time. You get the elders of the church around you and they pray with you until you break through. You get the pastor to lay hands on you and anoint you and say, come on, help me pray about this. And we plead the blood and you get victory and you shake off that old spirit of hell and you're able to go a little further and you walk with God. You feel victory for several months. And then out of nowhere, here comes the old Philistine again. It's not a new thing. It's not a new enemy. It's that very same thing that you've wrestled with for years and keeps coming back. Come on, I feel like I'm in the Holy Ghost tonight. I'm preaching to someone here tonight that the devil keeps beating you up because you think it must be something wrong with my faith. There has to be something wrong with my experience in God. There has to be something wrong with my anointing. There must be something wrong with my walk with God. There has to be something wrong with my prayer life. If I can't seem to get constant victory over this thing, if I have to keep fighting this thing over and over, if the Philistine keeps on getting back up in my life over and over again, something's wrong with me. devil gets on board with that and you come to church and you feel like giving up you come to church and he said there ain't no use in worshiping there ain't no use in being a hypocrite amen there ain't no use in coming to the altar ain't no use in praying about it no more you've done done all that you've tried that amen remember you did that a month ago and six months before that you thought you had victory over it and a year before that you thought you had that totally obliterated in your life you thought you'd conquered that amen maybe you misunderstood something I thought when I defeated him once, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be something that I'd ever have to deal with again. I'd never, I'd never encounter this again. And some things God allows that. But let me tell you something right now. You're going to be able to defeat some situations and control some situations and totally get victory over some situations and they'll never return. There'll never be a threat in your life again while there's other things that you're going to have to pray through. You're going to have to stay on top of. Come on, I'm preaching real truth tonight. This is real talk. This is not just hyperbole. This is not just this is not just something that make you feel good. I'm talking about real living for God. I'm talking about a real relationship with God. There's some things, brother, you're going to have to bring it to the altar. Amen. You're going to have to pray it through. You're going to have to go beyond your feelings and grab a hold of faith and say, God, I'm going to believe and I'm going to trust you. David fought the Philistines from the time he was 16 years old. It's believed he was 16 years old when he faced Goliath uh, until he was an aged king. He had to fight Philistines uh, every day of his life. Uh, they were always a threat to his throne. Uh, they were always one that would challenge uh, his, his ability to rule the land. Uh, they were those that were always there uh, to try to forbid him from, from seeing the blessings of God and prosperity in the land. But he just never stopped. Uh, he never quit. Uh, he never gave up. Uh, for 
decades, he kept on fighting. For generations, he kept on fighting. He kept on strapping on his sword. He kept on believing God. Every time the enemy would come up, he said, it's time to go back to the battlefield. It's time to fight one more time. And never, you listen to me, never one time did they ever, the Philistines, deal him a defeat. Not one time do I read about them ever getting the upper hand. Not one time do I ever see him going home defeated without victory. Not one time did they ever overcome him. Why? Because one thing, he never, he never, he never stopped fighting. He never relented. He never gave up. He never quit believing God for the victory. As long as there's Philistines around, I've got a responsibility to strap on my sword and to suit up for battle and I've got to fight if I'm going to survive if I'm going to live for God if I'm going to be what God wants me to be if I'm going to keep my anointing if I'm going to feel the pressure of this crown on my head every time my feet hit the floor in the morning i got to look out for Philistines i got to realize i got an enemy i got to be willing to pray it through i got to be willing to break through to victory my God, I wish I could preach what I'm feeling here tonight. I'm preaching to people that's battle-weary. I'm preaching to folks in this house. It's not that you're encountering new enemies. You're encountering old enemies. Discouragement tries to come back again. Depression tries to come back again. Old feelings try to rise up again. Things that you thought you'd conquered years ago creep up in your life. I got a new message for you tonight. Don't give up. Don't quit. Strap on your sword. Go back to the battlefield. Oh, lift your hands and let's worship the Lord together. It's nothing new. But I'm going to pray through it again. I may not feel like it, but I'm going to thrust my hands in the air and worship God tonight. I've had to deal with this old spirit before, but I'm going to fight it again. I'm going to believe God again. Conquer it one more time. Amen. Amen. You say, Pastor, I'm tired of fighting this same enemy. I'm certain that David felt that way. David, they're back at Gath. David, they're back up at Gideon. David, they've, they've set the battle in array. They're out there. Look at them. But he never failed to suit up and go back out on the battlefield fighting the same enemy in the same place over the same thing. And God never let David lose one battle because he never stopped fighting. You see, that's the only way that you're going to get victory. It's not because you're going to be able to bring victory yourself or by your own ability or because you're so good. But all God wants you to do is just get on the battlefield. All he wants you to do is to be willing to go up. All he wants you to do is to be willing to fight. All he wants you to do is come to church one more time. All he wants you to do is worship one more time. All he wants you to do is come to an altar and pray through it one more time. He'll give you the victory. He'll help you to conquer. But you can't give up. 
time to write text, and I'm fixing to close. When David was anointed king over all of Israel. Now, he'd been fighting Philistines a long time by this point. The Philistines heard of it. I'm going to tell you, the devil's got an ear down here in this service today. Somebody starts dancing and shouting, getting too much victory. I believe there's a little gossip session that goes on in hell. Said, you see them dancing and shouting and getting victory? We got to do do some work on that. We got to we got to get busy on that deal. Let's, let's let's bring that old thing up against them again. You know that thing that's bogged them down in times past. Woo! Tempt them with that again. Raise that up against them again. Yeah, they heard. The devil hears things. He observes things. Amen. He's seeking opportunity. He wants to come in and wreak havoc where there's any progress. Oh, he hears about landmark heaven revival. He said, "Oh, let's come. Let's try to let's try to stir up some trouble." Yeah. Amen. Let's 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 let an old spirit come back. Amen. Now I know they've beaten down and they just about got control over that immoral spirit, but let us let it rise up again. Amen. Yeah, I, I know they just about got that deal conquered. Uh, and, but let's go down and let's confuse some homes and disrupt some families and get some chaos going on. Yeah. Amen. Let's get some dissension in the church. Let's get a little gossip going on. Let's get, get some tail-bearing going on. Amen. Yeah, Come on. You've got to be smarter than that dumb devil. <laughs> Philistines, they came up. And they set a garrison, a stronghold, a military stronghold in the city of Bethlehem. Now, you've got to understand, this is a special connection with Bethlehem and David. This is his hometown. Amen. The city that he left. This is where, nearby where he grew up. And so they make a stronghold. Now, you understand, it's one thing to fight Philistines and Gath. It's another thing to fight them over in Gideon. It's another thing to fight them on their own soil. But you know, Bethlehem means the house of bread or the house of God. It's quite another thing to have to fight them when you come to the house of God. They got a stronghold. Amen. You know, it's one thing to have to fight it out there. This ought to serve as a warning to us if you're not willing to fight them out there. You understand that Saul was the reason for this. The predecessor of David, Saul got tired of fighting Philistine. He said, just let them do whatever they want to do. And so they build a, a Philistine garrison right in Bethlehem, right on the soil, amen, of these, of these folks that had once, this was their, their place of inhabitation, and now the enemy's on their soil. And got a, not just on their soil, but got a whole Philistine garrison, a stronghold. They got weaponry there. They've settled in. They've dug in in this particular place. This is a special place to David, and he becomes king. And here they are. Amen. They've dug in in this particular place, and they they got fortress there. And, And it seems like because Saul was not willing to fight, that they're allowed just to do whatever they want to do. I'm going to tell you, if you're not willing to fight out there in the world, it won't be long until you'll be fighting it right here in the church. 
That's right. If you're not willing to stand against it outside these doors, don't think you're just going to be rescued when you come to church on Sunday. Amen. I got a problem with folks. They want to, they want God to give them a good blessing on Sunday, but they don't know how to live for God the rest of the week. If you're not willing to fight him Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, amen, don't expect that it's not going to end up being a war right here in the house of God. It's going to be difficult for you to keep on getting through when you come to church if you're not willing to live for God during the week. It's going to be difficult for you to keep on getting the blessings of God when you come to the house of God if you're not willing to live for God through the week and be victorious in your life through the week. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody right now. And so during this period of time, David renames that place from the house of bread. He names it the house of war. What he is really saying is, is if you want to fight, even if it's in Bethlehem, I'm willing to fight. Amen. I call it the house of war for this period of time. But one thing's for sure, I'm not going to let you conquer my soil, my turf, my territory. Amen. This is the house of God. This is a point where people meet with God. We're not going to allow that junk to come in here and threaten our victory, our blessing, what we need from God. But we're going to fight, amen, and we're going to take it back over. Come on, amen. You need to make up your mind, devil. You, you may threaten a lot of things out here in this world, but one thing's for sure. When you come after my family, you come after my home, when you come after my blessing, my promise, what I've been believing God for, you better get ready to fight. It's one thing when you're picking on my neighbor. It's another thing when you're getting on my extended family. But when you get on my family, when you get up in my house, I want to fight. Oh, yeah. Praise God. He said, we'll call it the house of war. And he is thirsty. He's thirsty because as a child, he's drank from that water that, that is there at the well of Bethlehem just inside the gate. And he's talking about it out loud. He said, man, I just want to drink. I just want to drink from the well of Bethlehem. I remember how refreshing and how deep that water was and how cool it was in this arid climate. It was just a, it was just a breath of fresh air to me just to be able to take a drink of the waters of the well of Bethlehem. And his men break through and get it. But you know what David's saying? He said, every time I get thirsty, I don't have to go up and fight this enemy. Every time I want a little drink of water, I don't have to fight for this well. Every time, every time I have a need, I don't want to have to go and have to break through this thing all the time. Oh, come on now. He said, shall I go up? He gets to praying about it. He said, I'm tired of being in this hole. I'm tired of being suppressed. I'm tired. This ain't my fault. Others weren't willing to fight for it, but I'm willing to fight for it. I'm tired of being in this old hole. I'm tired of just accepting what the enemy does. I'm tired of just taking it, if I could say it that way. I'm tired of just enduring it. Amen. Lord, shall I go up against them? He said, go up. You know, in the past, that was the only requirement, David. In the past, you've not always had the best weapons. In the past, you've not always been the most trained uh, soldier on the battlefield. In the past, you've not always been the one that's been the most experienced. But you've always been the one that was the most willing. And if you'll just go up, notice what he says. He said, yea, doubtless. Every doubt is going to be removed. 
If there's any doubt you're going to get victory, you can eradicate that doubt. There's no doubt you're going to be a conqueror. There's no doubt you're going to overcome. And all you've got to do is be willing to go up. I'm going to tell you, God's going to give some people some victory here tonight in this place. And it's not because that you're the greatest Christian. It's not because that you're the greatest person or you have the most talents or the most giftings. But it's because you're just willing to humble yourself and come back down to an altar one more time and say, God, I'm putting it in your hands. I believe in you. I'm trusting you. I'm having faith in you. It's not because you got the best track record and because you've always been perfect, but you're just willing to get up one more time and throw those hands in the air and say, God, I'm not going to live in this hold of condemnation and shame and guilt and frustration. I'm going to get up again. I'm going to believe God again. I'm going to trust God again. Go up. Go up! Go up! I believe that's the message for somebody here tonight. Come up to the altar one more time. Raise those hands one more time. Believe God one more time. Yea, doubtless. If you got doubts in your mind, God's going to give you the victory. You just need to step out. You need to say all those doubts. You need to step out in faith. You need to believe God once again. You need to say, God, I'm not going to back off of this. I'm not going to accept defeat in this. I'm not going to let, I'm not going to count down. I'm not going to back up. I'm going to believe you once more. I'm going to trust you once more. I'm going to put my faith in you once again. Come on, somebody lift up their hands and their voice to God. Saying, God, I'm going to go up. I'm not going to quit fighting. I'm going to keep believing. I'm going to keep trusting God. I'm going to keep putting my faith in Him. Come on. There's some others that need to come on down. Come on. One more time, I'm going to go up. I'm going to believe God. I haven't been perfect. I haven't always done everything right. It feels like that old enemy is coming up again. But I'm going to believe God once more. Let's sing. Somebody worship Him again. Somebody believe Him again. Somebody trust Him again. God promised this to me. This is holy ground. Oh, Come on, try once more. And get your hands off once more. Because I refuse to lose. Trust God. I have authority. Oh, let's believe it. Let's believe it. Let's trust you. Oh, 
going to give out. God promised this to me. This is holy ground. I'm going to back up and get your hands off of me. Because I refuse to live. I have authority. Let's trust God. Say it. 
Cause I'm a 